If you've ever been to Illinois, and not just Chicago for that matter, you would know that we have a ton of corn here. You could even say that it's a corny state. I'm sorry, that won't happen again. I came here to tell you all something horrifying. Something that will send chills up your spine. You don't have to believe it. After all, I wouldn't blame you. But I saw what I saw. Let me start by saying that I live in a rural town in Illinois. About 2,500 people live here, if I'm not mistaken. I will not be providing the name or any more details about where it is. There's nothing worthwhile here. And if you're stupid enough to think of coming here at night, you'll probably get yourself killed. To start, my town has a bit of an urban legend, basically. The gist of it was that if you went out at night, the field lurker would come and take you away. Hard to believe, right? Well, I was scared shitless of it when I was a kid. Our town does have a strange history of disappearances, after all. Apparently, our town has three times the disappearances of any other town in Illinois. When I was ten, I figured out for myself that it was just some stupid lie parents made up to keep their kids from running away at night. And for some reason, I remember overhearing some adults talking when I was young. They were talking about the circumstances of our disappearances. About 40% of the time, the body of the missing person is found, laying face down in a ditch a few weeks later with the abdomen cut open, usually with most of their innards gone. Another 10% of the time, the person was found wandering around, confused, with a scar on their stomachs. The rest of the time... It's your run-of-the-mill kidnappings and runaways. I didn't pay it much thought. I mean, after all, it was just a stupid rumor, right? Wrong. My incident happened when I was 14. It was a cold summer evening that day, and I was hanging out with my friends, Tom and Jeremy. We were staying at Jeremy's house, and we were playing Truth or Dare. Tom thought of a good one. I dare you guys to come out into the field with me in the dark. Now, of course, at the time, I didn't believe in the rumors, so I accepted. Jeremy, on the other hand, thought it was a bad idea. You're such a scaredy cat, said Tom. Okay, fine, Jeremy said hesitantly. While Jeremy's parents weren't looking, we ran out into the field. Tom, well, he was a jerk. He hid in the corn and jumped out at Jeremy when he wasn't looking. Jeremy screamed and started to cry and all the while, Tom was laughing. When this all happened, we were standing right by a small forest-like area of trees which marked the end of the cornfield. We heard footsteps coming from the forest. Run Tom, run! Jeremy screamed, but it was too late. A silhouette-like figure slowly emerged from the trees, which I would say was about eight feet tall. The creature grabbed Tom by the arm and turned him around. 
He lifted his hand slowly and thrusted it into Tom's torso, causing Tom to let out a horrible shriek of pain. I couldn't just sit around and watch that thing kill Tom. I reached for my Swiss army knife and flipped open the long blade and lunged forward, jabbing it into the creature's leg. The thing let out a horrible shriek. It sounded like an 18-wheeler coming to a complete halt. It dropped Tom and ran back into the forest. Jeremy took off his shirt and wrapped it around Tom's wound. Miraculously, the thing didn't rupture any of his internals. We picked Tom up and started running back to the house. But at that very moment, we turned around. The thing once again emerged from the forest and started chasing us. It was trying to get us to let our guard down. It was screaming that horrible scream again. We were barely able to make it back inside the house. And as soon as we did, we slammed the door as hard as we could. We ran into the living room where Jeremy's parents were watching TV. Even from the living room, we could hear the creature banging on the door. Jeremy was still crying his eyes out. Poor guy. Jeremy's parents noticed the wound and gasped louder than I've ever heard anyone gasp before. Tom quickly tried to explain to them what had happened with the last bit of strength he had. I didn't think they would believe us. I mean, after all, it was an outrageous story. But that's when I realized that our parents knew. They weren't just making up some stupid fairy tale to scare us. All of this had happened before. And they knew. Tom had blacked out. We didn't have much time left. We quickly loaded his lifeless body into Jeremy's parents' car. Jeremy's dad grabbed his double-barrel shotgun and loaded two buckshot shells into it as we jumped into the car. The creature ran up to the car and started banging on the window. Jeremy's dad turned the safety off. It groaned Tom's name. And it even said to him, Give me Tom. It banged harder and cracked the window open. It tried to grab the neck of Jeremy's dad. And bang, bang. My ears began to ring as the gray smoke and savory smell of gunpowder filled the car. As soon as the smoke cleared, I looked up and I saw the creature. So many holes in its head, you could have mistaken him for a very moldy piece of Swiss cheese. The holes began to clear up, so Jeremy's dad slammed on the pedal and ran the thing over while he had the chance. We made it to the ER, but Tom had lost a lot of blood since we lived in a rural area, and it took us a while to get there. The nurse at the front immediately called down some doctors, and they carried him away. Jeremy, me, and his parents were left there in the waiting room for what seemed like hours. Tom's parents weren't there because they were just that type of parents. Alcoholics, abusive, whatever you want to call them. After a few hours, a nurse ran down. Tom's in critical condition. 
she said. But he's going to make it. Jeremy and I jump with joy. We will, however, have some questions for you, she added. Jeremy and I were taken into Tom's room. As soon as we walked in, we saw Tom laying down with a few police officers standing by the wall. We're going to have to ask you a few questions, they said to us sternly. But first things first, explain what happened. Tom got out of his bed to explain. We saw stitches all over his abdomen. A nurse quickly came over and sat him back down. You need to rest, honey. And as soon as Tom sat down, he began to tell the whole story as fast as humanly possible. The police seemed to get the message as they nodded their heads. Jeremy, I'm going to need to see your knife, one of the officers said. He obliged. They examined it, but noticed no blood. See? said Tom. I'm telling the truth. He didn't hurt me. They kept the knife anyways for DNA testing. As far as I know, they realized it wasn't me or Jeremy because the knife got sent back to him a couple of days later in the mail. I don't really remember much after that, but I do remember the police escorting us home. I fell asleep in the car. It had been a long night, but as far as Jeremy tells me, the damn thing was gone when we got back. As for the creature, none of us have ever come face to face with it again. That doesn't mean we haven't seen it. Because every now and then, I see it out of the corner of my eye. Waiting. Some people think we're just crazy. Some think that we're telling the truth. But the one thing I advise to you all is this. Never, ever go into the cornfields at night. You'll regret it.